0: That's an incredible story actually That's a ridiculously that, cool that story That entire take of that song The song that went on to be beaten That you hear yeah. It was rescued from almost being lost By Jeff, by, to- by, Toto. Jeff- by Toto By Toto Toto, <laughs> Toto basically <laughs> Yeah Toto basically saved that record Greetings! Welcome to this week's episode of the Guitar Smarts podcast. This week we are running the first ever Guitar Smarts virtual pub quiz. Karen and I are asking 10 questions each on various guitar related subjects to see who knows the most random information about all things guitar. Please join us and play along. Let us know on our social media pages what your scores were. There may be a prize, but you'll have to listen to the podcast to find out more. Remember to give the podcast a follow, like, or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you don't miss another show i've left some links in the description of this podcast that will take you to our merch store our buy me a coffee page our instagram and facebook social media pages and also places where you can leave the podcast a rating or a review please do this if you have the time it really helps us to get our show out into the ears of more guitarists and musicians like you anyway that's enough from me let's get to it
1: Hey, Kieran, how you doing, Matt? <laughs> yeah, really good, mate. Really good. good. It is Friday. Uh, we were just saying uh, before we started recording how how freezing cold it is in the UK at the moment. I mean, it's probably mm. not cold by Canadian standards, uh, but yeah, it's, it's pr- <laughs> the, the it's frozen wastelands of of Canada. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Actually, I mean, it's. I mean, what is it Well I when I was defrosting the car this morning? Yeah before uh, Lucy did the school run, the car was saying it was like minus five degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is in yeah. Fahrenheit, yeah. but yeah, it's not as cold as like, you know, Canadian, <laughs> I didn't say Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not like, you know, <clears throat> frozen tundra cold, but it is cold enough, isn't it?
1: It is cold. And, uh, I am oh man, just, I, I'm properly uh, feeling like a, a, a whinging, grumpy old man at the moment, but uh, uh, like the price of the price of energy in the in the, in the bills yeah. at the moment—it's just insane, man. So I'm, I'm making a choice to not put the heating on and uh, just put extra jumpers on, man, because it's just—it's too expensive. Yeah, yeah, to-
0: <laughs> yeah. My, my energy supply went bust at the end of the year mm. last mm. year, and I just got moved over to another energy supply, and I haven't had my first bill from them yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, mm not particularly looking forward to it, but you know, this is the way life's going to be for the next couple of years, I guess, isn't it? Things are going to be expensive for a
1: while. That's it. That's it. Such is life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, my energy supply went bust at the end of last year as well. And we've been moved over. So I've done, I've done inordinate amounts of research and stuff to see how to, to minimize, uh, energy bills. So, uh, If you want to talk about that later, when when it's more appropriate, like not not within the Guitar Smarts podcast, otherwise we might lose our audience who think they've joined Energy Watch or something. No,
0: exactly. Yeah, actually, that would be a good thing. So Karen, have you done anything? What well, any guitar news this week? Anything interesting from the?
1: Yeah, I went to a guitar shop this week uh, oh. to to keep auditioning. I don't know why, but I've got this thing where uh, I, I feel like I I want a new acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't need a new a, a new acoustic guitar. I don't need one,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but I just I just feel like the current acoustic guitar that I've got, whilst it's good. And super playable. It's just like, it just plays like an absolute dream, but that's because it's been set up within an inch of its life. And, and I've had it since I was a teenager yeah. uh, wor- working in a guitar shop. And it's, and it's beautiful and, and it has huge sentimental value. But I just know that there are better sounding acoustic guitars out there. So I've been, for the last couple of weeks, I've been auditioning some in guitar shops. And um, yeah, I can't, I, I can't find something that I, that I really like. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's something I've been up to over the last week. Going to guitar shops, Matt, and being disappointed. And, and that never normally Welcome happens to, to, my to my world. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now I feel like you, feel. And you go, like I walked out of a guitar shop for the second time in, in, in as many weeks and, and just went, oh, I was really disappointing. I, I haven't bought anything. So now I just feel like I've wasted my entire time. I, I'll go home now that...
0: What is it? I mean, have you taken your own guitar with you to these shops when you've been? It's a really good point. Acoustics? I,
1: I, I, I said to myself I would on this second outing, and then I realised I hadn't changed the strings on it for a while. And if I did buy something, I didn't know if I'd have the space in the in the trunk of my car to fit fit both guitars, etc. Blah blah blah. List of excuses. So so in the end, I, I didn't. Um, but that is a really good top tip, right? If you're if you think there's something you don't like about the sound of your guitar or the playability of your guitar and you're looking to change it, take it along and A, B versus the stuff you're trying out. So you can say, okay, yeah, this one's got a bit more bass than my guitar or it's got a bit more kind of volume to it or it just you know, has a better neck feel to it or whatever. So you can make a, a contrast. But I've, to be honest, I know this acoustic guitar so well. It's, it's done a lot of gigs with me. It's travelled a lot with me. And I've had it for so many years that my hand automatically, when it picks up another guitar, can almost from memory and and my ear can almost say, okay, this is how it compares to your guitar. But yeah, it is, it is, it, it is a good tip to to take it along.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's something people should do, especially particularly for acoustics, right? Because inherently, mm. you never mm. really know mm. what an acoustic sounds like. An acoustic no. is the sound of the guitar <coughs> and the room. That's the nature exactly. of acoustic instruments, isn't it? Yes, it'll change Quite. from room to room. So. It it will yeah. It will. So do that next time. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. I've but, been, I've, but I've been trying it a bunch. I've been excellent. I've been trying Lari- Larives, I've been trying Guilds. I've been trying Taylors. I've been trying Faith Faith Acoustics. Quite nice actually. Yeah. I must. Say. I've heard good things quite. about
0: them. They're they're, mm. they're in quite a good range price wise as well, aren't they? You know, you have to spend a huge amount to get a good guitar from
1: those guys. No, and they, what I hadn't realized is that I think they're out of the. Same kind of uh, lineages like the the Patrick Eggel, uh type uh, stuff. So oh, yeah, okay. It's, um, so yeah, some some good guitars, good guitars out there. There is some there is some good stuff, but um, I don't know the prices of acoustic guitars. Yeah. is 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 like a budget. Do, do, like even when you read the guitar magazines and stuff now, yeah. an entry level budget acoustic guitar is considered anything sub one thousand pounds these days wow which i think is quite a quite a high price threshold to say like a 700 800 pound or dollar guitar is a budget entry-level acoustic Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, because
1: i remember buying my first like proper acoustics from the likes of you know washburn or some of the budget fender stuff that used to be around they were i mean this was going back a few decades but that was like a couple of hundred bucks you know but Mm. all and you can get acoustics out there for that type of money, but I think they're generally considered to be like true beginner uh, cheap instruments rather than rather than kind of just a good uh, value entry level guitar. Hmm. So, yeah, interesting. So, yeah, and, and from what I've been trying over this last couple of weeks, it does seem to me that in order to get anything that is going to be significantly better than what I've already got. I'm going to be needing to spend upwards of a thousand pounds, thousand dollars, which yeah, it's not, not, I don't think really justified if it's something I'm not gigging a lot. So there you go. Yeah. Acoustic guitars. Why are they so expensive? Why are good ones so expensive?
0: (laughs) I (laughs) know. It's hard, isn't it? It's, it's because there's, there's so much variation in acoustic instruments, yeah it's almost you know i feel like I feel like I can talk all day about electric instruments, but acoustic mm. instruments I feel like it's a little bit of a uh, an unknown art you know and mm. and mm. i just I've played all kinds of electric guitars in my life and very few acoustics mm. that uh, you know I love playing acoustic guitar and 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 I love the sound of a good acoustic guitar, but i'm, I'm very even after all this time I still feel very inexperienced when it comes to acoustics. Hmm. Something like that needs to change this year I think. That Maybe does. I need to think about, you know, investing in a decent acoustic as well over the coming years, but uh, for me this week, like I've been I'd noticed that um Epiphone had recently released um a new inspired by Gibson 335 style guitar.
1: Yeah. And
0: yeah. uh, oh man, it's gone straight to the top of the list for me in terms of things I want to Has try. It? Yeah. Above the Gretsch,
1: even, above the Gretsch that you've maybe, been fantasizing about I think it's years. standing <laughs> there
0: shoulder to shoulder next to Isn't the Gretsch it? is the guitar that I yeah. want to get. I think I want to try the two out and just kind of go, okay, that's the thing I'm going to get this year. Yeah. But yeah. I, you know, I I love the look of that figured Maple 335 mm. that they've got inspired by Gibson 335 figured. And it's just got some nice appointments which really make it look like a nice luxury instrument. Obviously, the, the figured veneer that it's got over the mm-hmm, maple. Mm-hmm. And also the small block inlays on the fretboard look fantastic. It looks so cool. And it just looks like such a beautifully made guitar. And the reviews of it as well online are just fantastic. Um, and it's so well-priced as well. I mean, we're talking like 600 quid six hundred dollars um that's really good but you know an epiphone are knocking it out of the park these days as well you know and it's got the it's got the um open book gibson headstock on as well
1: Mm -hmm. it -hmm. still
0: comes out at the bottom part of the headstock like an epiphone does yes you know so the gibson headstock obviously is wider at the top where you've got the open book design yes but an epiphone's wider at the bottom but, yeah, so it's so it's a bit more like a Gibson it's style a hybrid. stock. It's, it's, a, it's a hybrid like too, yeah, it,
1: and it does look better. And it I've does se- look I've better. I've seen it. Uh, yeah, for sure, it does. I've seen it in the flesh, mm. and I'm like, yeah, that does look better. There was. There's always something that has absolutely bugged me. And I've got Epiphone... Yeah, uh, me too. ...guitars. And, you know, you kind of live with it. But I always felt... It, and it's such a weird thing, isn't it? it uh, this little small, small little dimension changes and slightly different design of the headstock just can throw the balance uh, uh, visually, visually, not, not physically. Yeah. But can just throw the balance of, of how the instrument looks. And it's, you know, yeah, it's never, never quite sat right with me on certain instruments, yeah. the, Epiphone, the Epiphone headstock. Yeah. yeah. But uh,
0: there you go. There you go. <laughs> I just want to try that, though. I mean, um, it's been too long since I've been to a guitar shop and tried something out. I mean, we're talking years, so it needs to be done soon. Let's get it in the diary.
1: <laughs> Mate, I'm up for it. I keep telling you, let's go yeah, guitar shopping. And then, then you keep going, oh, I can't, I've got a headache. Oh, I'm washing my hair. Oh, oh, I can't. I can't. The, uh, the grass is on fire. Stop something some, some, something, something yeah. happens. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I just go into them regularly just That's to it. try. Yeah, just I'm just like, s- sell me something. Somebody sell me something. But uh, no one has sold me something yet. Anyway. Anyway,
0: Shall we, let's get on, let's get on what we're doing this week, right? This week yeah. we decided to, to basically do a Guitar Smarts pub quiz. We, <laughs> you know, I think originally we called this Guitar Smarts Mastermind, but no, this is more of a yes. pub quiz, right? We're going to
1: 10 yes, questions definitely. each. You're
0: quizzing me yep. and I'm quizzing okay. you. 10 questions each just on guitar related stuff, whether it's yeah. music or guitar or anything like that. Um, uh-huh. And, uh, and we're going to see who comes out on top. But the good thing is, obviously, our listeners can play along. They can, they can listen. They can, you can pause it where you want, and you can write down your answers and then see if yes. you're right. And then, and um, and I think what we should do, um, at least, this is what I'm thinking is we should do kind of one question at a time each. Yeah. I ask you yeah. one, you ask me one, and we'll tell you if okay, you okay. Cool. You know, yeah, rather than go that. through it at Let's the end, that. see who's yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Let's just say if you're correct or not at the time, and we can just get to the end and see. Ah, we've done so.
1: That sounds great. So there's huge prizes at stake, namely, namely, uh, pride and bragging pride. rights. <laughs> pride and bragging pride rights. And bragging rights, and bragging rights. rights. Yeah. So for <laughs> between me and you, it's basically whoever gets the most out of ten, yeah. uh, right? And then for our listeners, it's it's wh- whatever score they can get out of twenty. So you know, as you said, you know, pause it after the question, write down your yeah. answer, or mentally write. Don't cheat. No, no one cheat. No, this. absolutely,
0: no, no and, cheating. Uh, no good. Uh, let's
1: see, let, let's uh, let's see. And uh, for anyone that writes in, I, I have got some merch actually from some of the people at um, Music Nomad uh, that we could send out actually to anyone that writes in and tells us how much they got out of twenty. Genuinely, uh, so write in, tell us how much you got, and, and I'll send you. I'll send you some merch. Absolutely, that's amazing,
0: fantastic. You heard it here.
1: There you go. <laughs> and what I also might go.
0: do just just to just to uh, elevate the uh, the the suspense is i might even add some music in the background just and some sounds some some kind of correct answer wrong answer sounds um no, I- let's see what happens in the edit
1: <laughs> mate i know you're i know you're gonna win this because i i the, the same <laughs> thing is, is yeah i do because i've been doing this show with you for like the last year <laughs> and the amount of things i've learned where i've gone i didn't know that yeah, how does he know that? And you just know it. Yeah, you, have, did I. You, you have an encyclopedic knowledge of <laughs> like to, random but, guitar stuff. So. But
0: to be fair, most of the questions I've got for you, I didn't know the answer to most of them until I did some research to try and yeah. write some questions. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, cool. Let's see. I wonder if we've got any, uh, uh, any clashes as well. But we'll find well, that, out. Yeah, we'll find out. that's the Because we, be. we haven't compared questions. So, all right, yeah, here true. we go. All right.
0: right. Shall, I, shall I kick off?
1: Please, sir.
0: Here we are, the Guitar Smarts Pub Quiz.
1: Sorry to interrupt this
0: quiz, but if you've got this far, maybe you should subscribe, follow, or like this podcast so that you never miss another show. Pause it here, go and do that now, then let's get back to the show. Question number one. Question number one. Karen, right. In what year... Was the Gibson mandolin guitar manufacturing company founded by Orville Gibson? And this oh. is multiple choice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's kind. This that one, is kind. This one. Not all questions are multiple choice. This one sure. is so. Sure. Uh, so multiple. I'll just repeat that. In what year was the Gibson yeah. mandolin guitar manufacturing company founded by Orville mm-hmm. Gibson? Was it A, mm-hmm. 1902? Oof. Was it B, 1894? Oh. What
1: or was it? C nineteen o six. Hmm. What was it? What was the first one? Nineteen. Nineteen
0: o two.
1: Okay. Nineteen o two. Nineteen o six or eighteen ninety four? Did you say? Wow. Wow. Okay. I, well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna volunteer. I have no idea whatsoever. <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> but I think there's something in the clue, right? Because I do. What I do know is when the first kind of electric guitars, acoustic guitars started to come into production. <clears throat> and prior to that there was it was a lot of ukuleles, mandolins, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So so yeah, this is gonna be early. Is it as early as 1894? I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna hedge my bets and go 1902. It still sounds phenomenally early, but that's correct. That's I'm going.
0: I could say you are correct. Is that right? This is 1902, oh. yes. So Orville Gibson started <laughs> nice. making instruments in 1894. Okay. But he didn't found the company, Gibson Mandolin Guitar Manufacturing Company, uh, until yeah. 1902. And then 1906 okay. was just a, a red herring. But well okay. done. Well done, Kieran. You got that one absolutely
1: correct. By process of of random elimination <laughs> and complete guesswork, so not due to any foresight or knowledge, just guessing. There, really. <laughs> okay. Mate. Here's your here's your first question. Okay. I love I love this. This is great. This is. I feel we need beer of some description. This, this is actually. Yeah, this would be a
0: good thing to to do alongside a nice beer or yeah. single malt or something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And actually in the pub with loads of guitar nerds rather than just the two
0: of us. <laughs> That's true. That would be
1: good. But still, I'm, I'm, I'm having a great time nonetheless. Right. Uh, okay. Question, uh, number one, okay. you, Matt. So a, a, a history question oh, as well excellent. for you. So, uh, what was Fender's first model of guitar? A nice, easy one, but I'll give you a multiple choice because it might, um, it might lead you awry. So. Fender's first model of guitar was it A the Stratocaster, B the Telecaster, C the Broadcaster or D the Jazzmaster? Say those again. The was it I, A I the... will I will say. So, Fender's first model of guitar that they they put into production was it the Strat Stratocaster? B Telecaster, C, Broadcaster, or D, Jazzmaster?
0: Right. Okay, so I'm almost certain it's not the Jazzmaster. I'm pretty certain that came in, the Jazzmaster came in either in the late 50s or in the 60s, so we're talking 10 years into Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. production. Now, I'm almost certain as well that... um, I think the strat came after the telly because there's you hear about 52 tellies, and I never heard about anything earlier than like a 54 strat. Oh. So I think it's something between a telly and a broadcaster. Mm hmm. Oh,
1: suspenseful music.
0: Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with broadcaster. I'm going to
1: guess going to guess broadcaster. Sir, you are correct, and I love the logic oh. you need to deduce to the correct answer. <laughs> you are right. You are absolutely right. And do you know what? Actually, mate, ah. I went through the same process as you. I wasn't quite sure. I was yeah. like, was it the telly or was it the broadcaster? Because in my mind, I couldn't quite remember what the broadcaster looked like, but I thought it looked kind of similar to a telly. So I was like, it's got to be one of those two. Anyway, you're right. It was the broadcaster. Um which was basically the prototype of the Telecaster, and they released right, the Broadcaster okay. in 19, 1950, 1951. There's a bit of a, a debate that early? Uh, on on Tinternet. Yeah, nineteen fifty. Um, wow, and it was it was designed to be uh, the first electric Spanish guitar. Uh, that was the that was the design concept we want to make an electric spanish guitar and that was then the broadcaster That then very quickly as you said like in the early 50s became the telecaster because i think the broadcaster just had the one pickup so they evolved it a little bit tweaked it a bit and then it became the telly as we know and love it so
0: wow okay fantastic see i'm learning something every day brilliant this is (laughs) so we are one for one (laughs)
1: Score, we are one right? for one. We, yeah, we've got off to a good start. We, there we, we go. have
0: got off to a good start. Both <laughs> we've both settled again. our <laughs> nerves a bit there. We, 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 we can here. at
1: least walk away from this quiz going, all right, we, we've, got, we've got one question, right?
0: <laughs> right, Kieran, are you ready for your next question? Ready, sir. Fantastic. Okay, so the 1963 or 64 Strat, played by Stevie Ray Vaughan, known oh. as his number one guitar, was
1: nicknamed Lenny. But who yes. was Lenny? Oh, see, if you'd have asked me any bits of that question up until then, I would have been like, because I was thinking it was called Lenny. It was Steve Ray and then, Oh So, I think Lenny, I think, I think Lenny was a, was a, was a girlfriend or wife. And then that was the namesake for the song Lenny as well. But I couldn't tell you if it was, gir- if it was his girlfriend. Or his wife, but I think it was a, a partner of, of some description.
0: I'm going to give it to you. It is. It was his wife, Lenora, yes. So it was named after, oh, okay. after his wife. And you're right, the song Lenny was also named after her, obviously. Why would it be any other Lenny? But uh, you don't get any <laughs> bonus points. You don't get no, any I bonus don't. points for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know whether I should get a whether I should get a full point or not. I might I might give myself half a point because I was a bit under. No, no no, 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 no. That's a full yeah, point. point. That's a full point. All right. Yeah, well, that's very generous. That's very got generous right. of you. That's very generous. You got it right. Well generous. done well, well oh, thank you, mate. Thank you, and, oh, and and knowing me as you do, as a Steve Ray Vaughan fan, I appreciate the appreciate the question, and I've done you I've done you a, a favour later on. I think yeah. I think. Oh, good, I, good, I, good, I good. I think
0: I've done you a few favours actually. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Eight more questions on Guns and Roses and Slash. That's That's <laughs> <it>. Thanks. <laughs> and, uh, um, and Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number number two. Right. Um, okay. 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 Right. So, a simple question, but with quite a complex answer. So, there are, if you don't get it exactly right, there's plenty of other opportunities to to, to earn points on this one because it's not an exact answer. What does (coughs) SG stand for in the Gibson SG model? Uh you're going to kick yourself because you do know this because you do i, I know I, you know i think
0: i do now <laughs> yeah. now i know what es stands for in the es guitars so oh
1: oh
0: i, think, I don't <laughs> <laughs> i think it means uh, electric spanish um, ah. but sg i'm gonna go with solid guitar <gasps>
1: no Yes. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Yes, you are absolutely right. Is that right? It stands for solid guitar. Okay, it does. It does. It does. Uh, Do you want a little bit more details on the backstory of this? I think,
0: yeah. Eddie, this is this is a good thing about this, right? Is that we can go through these questions, but we can elaborate and you know inform our listeners on
1: extra little things. Cool. So, uh, though it was launched in nineteen sixty one, the SG only became known as the SG in nineteen sixty three. Right. So before then, it was known as the Les Paul. Ah, as right, as yeah. it, it was, the was. actually. Paul, yeah. It was the new Les Paul. Exactly. Because around 1959, the Les Paul model, as we knew it, uh, was discontinued. Uh, not, uh, you know, in, indefinitely because obviously yeah. it's, it came back again in 1960 when they realized how popular it was, but they actually discontinued that current, uh, looking Les Paul that we know and love and replaced mm-hmm. it with, with what we now know is the SG model. Um, now it was basically Les Paul was involved in the original Les Paul in 1959. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's a couple of things that kind of float around on the, on the internet forums and, and general wisdom around this, which is by 1962, Les Paul's endorsement uh, and contract was up for renegotiation rene- mm-hmm. and and they didn't continue with 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 him uh, in developing any more guitars in that way so um he didn't want a, another model bearing his name there is rumor that he, there was a uh, a piece of di- a discrepancy between him him and Gibson and they wanted to continue to have his name and he was then suing Gibson because they you know wouldn't remove his name from the SG um, so some people think that SG stands for sued Gibson, which <laughs> I, I think, I think that doesn't sound quite right to me. No, right? why would they do that? Why they were would the ones that were suing everyone else. You know, <laughs> well, later on. True. So I would have accepted the conspiracy theory answer, which is sued Gibson, which some people believe in. That sounds a bit naff to me. I think it is uh, indeed, as you say, solid guitar, but, um, uh, but, but by all accounts, and I think what is true is that Les Paul wasn't particularly fond of the SG um, and he wasn't particularly happy to have his name endorsing something um, that, that had his name uh, on it, but that he wasn't a particular fan of it, it he wasn't 100% behind. The other answer um and, so, and oftentimes the simplest answer is the, is the best but i don't again don't believe this one is that there was some manufacturing issues and they actually ran out of uh les paul trust rod covers um which was the bit that had les paul on the SG. oh really yeah and so they just they just went well we can't call it a les paul because it doesn't say les paul on it so let's just call it an sg instead who who knows let's go with it solid guitar because that okay. I think is what most people think is the answer. Fantastic.
0: Well, that's interesting. I, um, I, I did know actually that it was introduced first as the Les Paul and then it became mm-hmm. the SG, but I didn't know the reason why it changed. I wondered if it was just, uh, kind of uh, re, uh, the, more interest in the original Les Paul shape come back into play, um, a few years afterwards and they decided to bring it back and then, Change the SG to to SG, you know, as we know Mm, it now. mm, Interesting. mm. Right. Kieran. So we're two for two, right? We're two for two each. We are two for two. Yeah. We're doing all right. We're doing okay. So, right. Are you ready for question number three? I'm ready, mate. I am ready. Okay. You you should know this one. But but this this is a good question nonetheless. Right. In 1987, Jim Marshall celebrated 25 years in the amplifier business and 50 years. In the music industry of the release of What Amplifier?
1: Oh. In Oh, hold on, so this wasn't the Silver Jubilee the one that came out on the twenty fifth anniversary. So yeah, so is that, is that the question? What was the amp model that he released on the 25th anniversary of Marshall? I think it was the Silver Jubilee. Correct. Yeah, it's Correct. one of my favorite favorite Correct. models of Marshall. Yes. Uh, it was actually,
0: from what I understand, it was um, it was actually just called the Jubilee, not the Silver Jubilee. But it uh, was it was it was silver in color for that year that it was the Silver right. Jubilee. Right Um, and yeah, fantastic amp, typified by Slash's live work with Guns N' Roses. But I didn't know until um, I did some research on this amp to accompany the question that um, he didn't use that amp in the studio, so that amp never appears in any of any of Guns N' Roses' album work. That was a modified JMP or it was a modified JCM 800. That's right. Um, But the Silver Jubilee itself is based off the JCM 800, but it has a different preamp. It has also a pullout activated diode clipping circuit, which is like similar to putting an overdrive in front of it. So it was, you know, it was, it was really preferred by a lot of guitarists that wanted more gain than, than the, than the JCM 800. Yeah. Did you know this? I didn't know this. Um, After the Jubilee year. So the production of the Jubilee amp continued Mm. um, after the year for one more year with no internal changes, uh, but it reverted to the standard standard Marshall livery of black and gold. Uh, and these are sometimes referred to as the JCM 800 custom amplifiers. So I they're quite know, a sought after know. amplifiers. You can yeah. buy the Jubilee amp, but still in black and gold. Oh, um, brilliant. Yeah. Cause they only produce those silver ones for the actual year that it was the, the 25th and the, and the 50th anniversary of Jim Marshall being in the music business. So that particular model of amplifiers, obviously Marshall have names like JCM 800 stuff, but they also uh-huh. have model numbers, don't they? Yeah, the model do. numbers were the 2555 for the 100-watt version and yeah. the 2550 for the 50-watt version, yeah. 2550 yeah. and 25, 2550 being the jubilee anniversary, 25 years, and the 15-year mm-hmm. anniversary of Jim being in the industry. So interesting. Yeah, that was a, quite a seminal amplifier. That it was one of the first kind of really kind of high-gain, loud, Marshalls really up until yeah. that point, Marshalls really were were kind of the highest gain amps you could get, but by today's standards, really the the mid gain amplifiers, you know, coming out of the JTM series and into the JMP series and stuff. So yeah, a very seminal amplifier.
1: A lot of people like using them as well, I think, live, not, not just Slash. I think he, he gave it certainly notoriety. Um, yeah. Uh, and I think it's, uh, you know, testament to the, to the, to its popularity that, you know, even nowadays, you know, the Gibson, uh, Gibson, Marshall are, are producing the studio series amps, right? Which are the, uh, you know, same circuitry, same sound profile of those big, you know, 100 watt, 50 watt heads that they used to use, but they're recognizing that actually in this day and age, people don't want to lug around 4x12s or, or need that level of wattage. So now their studio yeah. series amps are, you know, rated at 20 watts, I think. And and it's even, you know, you can attenuate them down to 5 watts or, or even 1 watt, I think some of them run out. But yeah. they, the first ones that they brought out <clears throat> were the JCM800 and a Silver Jubilee one as well. So still a, still a popular, popular app these days. But uh, yeah, no, good question. Good question, mate.
0: Well done for getting it right. That's three, oh, three for you, Matt.
1: Three for three. Well, I definitely think you're going to get this next one, but I had to include <laughs> it because, uh, I had to include it because I thought it was quite, because I always, I always, uh, kind of wondered, uh, about this. So, uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you when I get to the, to the description. So your question number three, mate is, in 1957, Gibson began using PAF pickups on their guitars. What does PAF stand for?
0: Okay. I no, know, I, I know this one, right? I know. You I, know this. I, I, <laughs> but I don't know the history or the story behind
1: it, actually. Yeah. So, See, I didn't. See, I didn't.
0: Yeah, right. So, interesting fact. But uh, I, I believe the
1: correct answer is patent applied for. Correct. Correct. Huh. Which is as far as my knowledge went, but it's one right, of those again. things that always bugs me. It's just like, what, I mean, I know what patent applied for means, but I was yeah. like, well, you know, but what, 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 you know, where does that story go? Did they ever get a patent? You know, what, yeah, so, what, what, what happens with that? Why so,
0: why were they known as PAF? Also, is it because right. that was stamped on the picket? Was that? Right. Is
1: that right? It, so you're right, actually. You okay, should probably get okay. a bonus point for that. So <clears throat> so the PAF is a is a humbucker which uses two chords to minimize unwanted sound from the guitar. We know that. Uh, and it was invented by Seth Lover in 1955. Okay, so in late 57, a black sticker with gold lettering was applied to each pickup's underside that red patent applied for. So right. over time, the patent applied for sticker present on those pickups evolved into that acronym of, of of PAF. And and that's, you know, how you were, would identify those, you know, really sought after original vintage pickups is, is that black and gold sticker with, with PAF. Um, so this is the bit that I didn't know, which kind of closed the loop of the story for me, which had always bugged me because we still call them PAFs, right? Um, the, the patent for Gibson's design uh, was eventually issued on uh, July 28th, 1959 so they did get their patent but you know that was that was some time ago and mm. uh, we we still call them PAFs even though the patent did come through in 1959
0: <clears throat> did the paint, did the patent
1: remove any tone <laughs> <laughs> uh, well i think i think if you took the sticker off them it bas- basically reverted back to being a single coil <laughs> and you lost you lost all of the noise uh, cancelling functionality, and it turned out that actually it was the sticker that, oh, that right. should have okay. been should have been, been patented. I, I it wasn't really that. the coils itself. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you speak to <laughs> Joe Bonamassa, he'll tell you it's all about that sticker on the on the That's back. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, did you
0: just say uh, cock sniffing?
1: Uh, <laughs> cock sniffing. Right, hold on. This this, this gets, the, the, the plot gets thicker on this one. There's more. There's really? more. I tell you, the story the story doesn't end there. Right. So um, they can never accuse the Guitar Smart podcast of not being educational. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, they it's, a, it's a very absolutely. limited bandwidth of education. That serves no purpose. But you know, to be honest, my college degree falls into the same category. There you so go. you know. <laughs> right. So um, in 1978. Uh, the actual word PATH so without you know not P dot A dot F dot not, not right. an acronym the actual, the actual word actual, PATH the word PAF was registered as a trademark by DiMazio no way <laughs> yeah clever Clever, you see. Uh, so that caused a whole bunch of confusion because Demasia then started marketing PAF pickups, which, right, you know, okay. origi- and they can say things like original PAF pickup, but you know, that's because they just patented the, uh, or registered the trademark on that word. So the registered trademark PAF should not in any way be confused with the original P.A.F Ooh. acronym used to describe original vintage pickups. There you go. Uh, that that one's always bugs me, mate. And and well done. Uh, I'm, you know, you obviously got that right. But uh, oh, thank the story, you. The story again, I, I, I feel <laughs>
0: I feel enriched as well with information because yeah. it's again an answer I knew, but I didn't know the story behind it. So you thank go. you for that. Are you ready for your fourth question, Kieran? Fourth, fire away, buddy. Okay, this is a tough one. I reckon. I oh, reckon. Okay. Uh, you know, but I didn't stumble. know this. Right, okay. Fender. No, mm-hmm. for their fantastic history of building tube amplifiers. Oh, but yeah. in what decade did they begin building solid-state amplifiers? And it's a multiple choice. Okay. Ooh, okay, thank you. Yeah, okay. No worries. So, <coughs> did they start it in A, the 1960s, mm-hmm. B, the
1: 1970s, or C, mm-hmm. the 1980s? I don't think it was until the 80s. I could be wrong, but I don't know. I'm going to go 80s. You're wrong. Oh, oh we have... <laughs> he's got one wrong. I've got
0: one wrong, everyone. Got one wrong. When do you think it might be now? Well,
1: was it, was it the 70s then? Nope. 60s, really? 1966,
0: they released oh. the first range. Let me give you some info, because I didn't realise this. And actually, this oh, goes okay. to show you how things come full circle. So Fender's first trans, uh, transistor amplifiers uh, were in 1966, and at the time they were the company's flagship range, right. uh, and they were aimed to make tube-based designs obsolete. How hilarious is that? Wow. wow. That was their intention. They wanted to make wow. tube-based designs obsolete. I think maybe struggling with um, manufacturing process, mm-hmm. getting all the parts, mm-hmm. whether it was reliability of the amps themselves, Um. um so they were naturally given traditional Fender model names as well. So the earliest was the Dual Showman, Twin Reverb, the Bassman. They were given the normal names, right? Oh, um, right. And other products in the line uh, were things like the Solid State Reverb units, which some people still use today. They're, still, they're quite sought-after units as like a you know outboard reverb unit. Solid mm. State mm. PA Systems, the Super Reverb, Pro Reverb, Vibralux Reverb, Deluxe Reverb all followed in 1967. So there was a huge range of solid-state amps made by Fender in the, uh, wow. the
1: mid-60s. But, but they called them the same names as but the But they called them the same
0: names because they wanted to, um, huh. you know. Now, fast forward a little bit to 2019 at the, at the NAM Winter Show and Fender released their first foray into the modelling amp world. Not like the Mustang amps, where it's like a like a multi effects system built into an amp. But they release the Fender Deluxe Torn Master series, which okay. is just a it's basically a Fender Deluxe amp, one by twelve, looks exactly like a Fender Deluxe, mm. uh, but instead of it being a 5 amp, it's a modeling amp, and they named it after. It. And they've and in the last couple of years they've released a, a, a super reverb as well, Torn Master. But it's kind of like history repeating itself. It's where yeah. Fender are they're trying to produce these uh, cheaper, more reliable and solid state or modeling based amplifiers, but they're making them look um, exactly like the tube amps. And <laughs> I think when they did that recently, there's some really good reviews of those amps saying, yeah, they mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. sound just utterly fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. could they, you know, what a Fender trying to do, you know, what uh, can they really compete with the tube amps? But, Fender have tried to do this before as far back as the 1960s. I mean, we're talking, you know, 50 50 plus years ago. Wow. So I couldn't believe it when I read that. You know, I I would have thought as well, if you'd just given me those answers and I hadn't known that information, I probably would have guessed 80s. I would have thought they probably would have started doing them 70s or probably 80s doing some, you know, solid state champs and things like that, some combos, you know, some of the cheapest stuff. But no, 1960s. So there you go.
1: Mate, every day is a school day on the podcast. That is, that's good knowledge, man. <laughs> and that's good knowledge. And and you know what? It just, it, you know, I think it, it is a really subjective thing mm. about tone. And, you know, I think, it's, I think it's the right thing to do to try to keep pushing that, um, that balance with, you know, amplification, solid-state tube amps. Because I've heard fantastic solid-state amps. I've heard them where I go, that is definitely a tube amp. It's not a solid state. And you go, No, it's a solid state. And so yeah, absolutely. you know, and a, a good amp is a good app. Um, so but it's that, to that's, you know, that's been going on for a while, been going on yeah. since the sixties. All right, mate. Well, look, so far, this is it. This is uh, this this could be this could be where you 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 jump into the lead, and I think you will it with this next be. question. Okay. because you because you've already said something during the course of this podcast, which makes me go, ah. You know this already.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. uh, Let's see. Your
1: your next question, buddy. Question number four for you is, and it is multiple choice. But I don't think you'll need. I don't think you'll need the multiple choice. All right. Okay. What year did the Stratocaster come out? What year did it go into manufacturing production and released into the stores? Was it a 1952? To B 1954, C 1955, or D 1956.
0: Okay, so, yeah, I think I think 1954. I'm pretty certain. You are
1: absolutely spot on. He takes the lead. She takes are, the lead. He's got into the lead, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, and very confidently so. I may say, very confidently okay. so. Uh, yeah, I thought it was earlier than 54. I, for some reason, I thought it was 52 in my head. I don't know why. I just thought I'd seen 52 strats out there. No, it's it was 1954. Fantastic. 1954. So it was introduced in spring of 1954 as Fender's new top line guitar uh, in both tremolo and non-trem versions. Um, and it's... Uh, do you know how many... How, how you know... the how many they sold in one thousand nine hundred and fifty four no how many <laughs> virtually none really <laughs> That guitar was a flop for many years, even considering you know rock and roll and stuff beginning to come through the, the strat as we know it the design of the strat didn't finally get locked in really until 1957 between 1954 wow, okay. between 1954 and 1957 it was it was almost canned because it just was not selling it wasn't doing well people thought it was gimmicky <clears <clears <throat> didn't re- they didn't really like it it didn't take off only until like 1956 57 did people really start to to pay attention to it and then obviously it flew off the shelves and now still stands as the world's probably most uh, purchased electric guitar. Wow. Um, I imagine but Buddy yeah, Holly
0: but, had something to do with that, right?
1: Quite, quite possibly, yeah. mate, quite possibly. But, yeah, uh, it was first priced at $249.50 for an American-made Fender Strat in 1954.
0: <laughs> Funny, can you get <laughs> over that now?
1: Yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'd like to offer Joe Bonamassa that for one of his 1954 ones. <laughs> anyway, there you go—the history of the Stratocaster. But there, Fantastic. Yeah, the first first three or four years didn't really sell any. Wow. So.
0: I didn't. I I thought they were flying off the shelves from the start. To be honest, I don't. No, I
1: don't know, I don't know why I thought that. Not at all. Okay, buddy, you're in the all lead. All right, then, so four, 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 four to four three. Right.
0: Let's, let's, pick thing, let's pick up the pace a little bit. So Let's pick up the pace. Right, right, I'm sorry, I gotta, I've got to do this to you, but I've, I've got a music theory question in here, okay?
1: Oh, you know I'm going to get this wrong. No, no, <laughs> okay. I think you might get this
0: right. I think you might get this right. Okay, trust your gut okay, on good. this
1: one. I'll trust okay. my gut. I'll trust so, my in gut.
0: music theory, what is the name yes. of the method used to organise chromatic pitches into closely related groups? Is it A, and it's multiple choice, sorry, I should say. Okay. Is it reharmonization? Is mm-hmm. it B, the circle of fifths? Or is it... Yeah. Sorry, did I say B or C? Is it, mm. Anyway, is it A, B. reharmonization? B, B. Yeah. B yeah. the circle of fifths? Or is it C, yeah. major scale modes?
1: Right, so I repeat the question okay. again, In please. In music
0: theory, what is the name yeah. of the method used to organise chromatic pitches into closely related groups?
1: It's got to be the circle of fits, isn't it? Correct.
0: And there, might I just say, was the longest pause in Guitar Smart's podcast history. <laughs>
1: Because <laughs> really yeah. I, I, think, I think I've admitted quite frequently to our, to our listening audience, music theory and me are, 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 are friends that are yet to be uh, best friends. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so I will innately just question myself because as soon as I heard it, I was like, well, yeah, that's a circle of fifths. Uh, but then I started going, oh, hold on a minute. Is it is it modes? But it's not. It's not modes. Right. Yeah, that was a good. Okay. Of, uh, a
0: little, uh, the Modes oh. one I thought might well. be a little bit of a, a red herring that might pull you the wrong way. But yeah, circle It fifths, almost, well did. It well
1: almost did. It almost did. It almost did. Circle yes. Very good. Fantastic. Okay. Right. Okay, so right. Uh, now, sir, this one I think I think this is yours for the taking. Okay. Surely. Okay. Surely. <laughs> uh it's often been commented that you are indeed a fan of uh Uh, of of, of this particular artist. But, right, there was a guitar in musical legend called Blackie, called Blackie. (laughs) I don't know if you're familiar with this or not, Uh, but this guitar, nicknamed Blackie, uh, it sold in 2005 from its original owner. How much did it sell for? oh my god and and uh, you know I'll, I'll, I'll give you grace on this you know to the, to the nearest kind of you know reasonable amount how much did it sell for and who bought it
0: oh, oh I, I know I don't know how much it sold for I'm going to say and
1: why and why was it sold and why was it sold ah
0: this is, this is quite a, a multi-layered question um It is, it is really. So I don't know the (laughs) figure. I'm pretty certain it was sub a million dollars, but I don't know how close to a million dollars it was. I'm going to say $900,000 it sold for.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, um, I think Guitar Center in the US bought it, and I think it was sold as part of the second, (laughs) I think, I'm pretty certain it was sold as part of the second guitar auction that Clapton held in aid of the Crossroads Rehabilitation Centre
1: that he founded in Antigua. Well, if I could give you three points for this question, (laughs) I would. But I can't, so I won't. But you did absolutely nail it, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Clapton's, Clapton's Blackie. Sold on the 24th of June, 2004, at Christie's Auction House, New York, to raise funds, as we know, for his Crossroads uh, Centre in Antigua for alcohol and drug uh, abuse and treatment thereof. And um, it was purchased. This is the bit I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember who bought Mm -hmm. it. And you got it straight off the bat. It it was Guitar Centre that bought it. And, um, okay, you were a little bit off on the price, but I'm going to give it to you because... Because in my head, I thought it sold for more than a million and you okay. didn't. You, you, you absolutely said, no, I think it was just under a million it sold for. And, and that was right. But it was, it was actually 959,500. Okay. So, so a good 60,000 more than you said, but still, you know, absolutely, you'll, you'll get the point on that. So, and at the time was the, was the record for the world's most expensive guitar sale. So, yeah, wow. full, full full points, mate, on that. Full full points, definitely. Not
0: that I'm looking for additional points, but interesting <laughs> fact about that guitar. Did you know that um, Clapton actually, uh, sometime in the '60s, when he was touring with Delaney yeah. and Bonnie, yeah. uh, I think it was somewhere down in Nashville, yeah. um, he went to a guitar centre and I think he bought. Yeah. This and again, this is around the time when strats were still ten a penny and still weren't that expensive. I think he bought six.
1: Yes, of these
0: did. strats from a guitar store. Uh, I think he gifted one to George Harrison, one to Steve Winwood, one to somebody else. I think Pete Townsend. Pete
1: Townsend, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then of the three that were left, he took the parts that he liked the most and built Blackie. So Blackie Correct. was never a, an, an original strat anyway. It Correct. was a mongrel of multiple strats that
1: he Correct. liked the most from. Absolutely. That came up in my re- in my research for that question and I'm I'm so impressed at your your encyclopedic <laughs> knowledge. Absolutely right, mate. Exactly right. Cool. Six six guitars. Three went to those artists yep. that you mentioned, exactly, and three were Frankensteined to create Blackie that then went on to sell for nearly a million bucks. There you go.
0: There we go. Right. Super Do you want your next man. question? Yes, please, buddy. Okay. So, this is a little bit of an abstract one because um It is guitar related, uh, but it's to do with wood. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So in January, (laughs) (laughs) in January of 2017, uh, the Convention on International Trade in Endangered Species of Wild Fauna and Flora, also known as sites, in Geneva, Switzerland, passed a ban on the use of what of the following tonewoods? Is it A, rosewood and boobinga? Is it B ebony or C Sitka spruce?
1: No, it's rosewood, and certain types of rosewood as well from certain countries. I mean, they later then started to release it and allow rosewoods from other man, other countries that were more sustainably producing rosewood to be to be imported freely. But things like Brazilian rosewood, Honduras rosewood, Honduras mahogany for a time period as well went in went for, forward under this and. You know, you've got to be really careful, even buying old guitars that don't have the right certification. Um, but that have some of these woods in it, but it's a minefield. You do need to keep updated because these, these regulations change. So certain woods that were previously on the, on the list Mm. can then later come off it and then be, you know, transported freely between different markets. So always, if you're taking a guitar, even in and out of countries, Uh, let alone purchasing them from abroad, bro- always check what, what tone words it's got on it and check the latest version of those regulations because they will confiscate it and, um, and you will never see it again.
0: But you didn't even break a sweat. <laughs> you just went straight in. You just hit the ground running with that answer and then gave us the whole law down
1: on the entire I like I need to re- re- book, need to basically. redeem myself after you just absolutely well, smashed the blackie uh, question. Unbelievable. Right? <laughs> 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 but you, you, my friend, are still admirably leading. Uh, what is you're that? Five, uh, five Well, yeah. no, it's
0: five each at the moment, but you've had one more question than me. So it's question right. number six for me, I think.
1: Okay. Question number six, buddy. Okay. Again, I think I've gone too easy on this one. Uh on what type of guitar did Jimmy Page record the solo uh Stairway to Heaven? Oh, I
0: have no I I have no idea. I have no idea. Um You're speaking to somebody who isn't a Led Zeppelin fan,
1: remember? Right? Okay, so um would you like a multiple choice? No on this? no no
0: no. I'm gonna, have a, have, about, I'm gonna can... have a think about I'm gonna have think about this because I need I need to Get all my initial disappointment.
1: Right? In your mind's eye, Jimmy Page. Well,
0: Jimmy Page is obviously you know when I picture Jimmy Page, he's playing a burst. He's playing a Les Paul, right? But mm-hmm. I know for a fact early and uh Sterrit Evan isn't early Led Zeppelin, but I know early Led Zeppelin, he played a Telecaster on some stuff. And he may even have played a Danny Electro on some things. I'm gonna go on, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess Telecaster. Did he play a Telecaster?
1: Oh, you are too good. I, was, no, conv- no I was I was, convinced I had you on that one. I was convinced. Is it a Telecaster? Mate, I, when I looked at this and I, I, was, this came up, yes, it, I mean, you are right. It was a Telecaster. Oh, I, a, would, I was convinced. A I, complete guess. I was absolutely convinced it was a Les Paul. And then maybe for the live renditions with the 12 string and stuff, then obviously the Double Neck SG. I could not for the life of belie- me believe that this was a Telecaster. Uh, it was. Um, so a lot of people think it was recorded on a Les Paul because, <sighs> you know, he's synonymous for that. However...
0: Well, that's a lucky point.
1: It was... Uh, no, I don't think it was, mate, because you correctly remember that a lot of the early stuff, he was playing a Telecaster. And he was, yeah. quite religiously. It's a very specific 1959 Fender Telecaster that, in quotes, this is his quote... Right. He said, I basically got my Fender Telecaster out for that solo, says Page. It was the same Telecaster that I played for years on the first album. It was the one that Jeff Beck had given him, had given me uh, that um he used in the Yardbirds. He said it's a legendary guitar. It's a magical guitar. Um, So, yeah, it was a no brainer for him. That was his that was his go to guitar. So we all think of Jimmy Page as, you know, playing Stairway mm. Live on a double neck, but, you know, synonymous with his page number 1 you know les paul but no he he had a, a fender telecaster gifted to him by um jeff beck that was that was his go to instrument
0: yeah well it just goes to show you behind every les paul is a mac <laughs> <of> telecaster
1: <laughs> absolutely
0: <laughs> well so i'm lucky that i feel very lucky you to six have got that wrong. For, that's you 6 for 6 6 mate. For 6 6 for 6 but that was a, uh, That is a fluke, because I have no idea. I, I, I had very limited knowledge on Jimmy Page's guitar history, um, other than those few things, and, I, and it was a wild... Get- I basically span a wheel in my head and it landed on Telecaster. But, um... <laughs> right, next question for you, Kieran. Question number seven okay. for Kieran. Yeah. In 1988... Oh, hang on, I've got an alarm going off. Right, question number eight for you, Kieran. In 19... Uh, is it number... No, number seven. Sorry, question number seven for you.
1: Yes, yeah, seven for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. In
0: 1988, Fender released their first two artist signature guitars, oh, and yeah. this is multiple choice, by the way. One okay. of those guitars was the was Eric Clapton's Lace Sensor Mid Boost pointed Strat. But who was the other guitarist releasing their signature model? Was it A. Jeff Beck?
1: I don't think I need the multiple choice on this. No. And the only reason I know is because I listened to the Guitar Sparks podcast <laughs> from Matthew Oliver. Didn't you, didn't you tell me this in a previous episode? Have I told and I was you like, Oh, right. I think you told me this in oh, an episode. Okay. Uh, like a really oh, early episode. It, maybe it was the Signature Guitars episode we did, probably a good few I months think you, Right, so I'll tell you what okay. you told me. Okay. And... So I'm pretty sure that I knew that Clapton's was one of the first signature models. Yeah. And I think in a previous Guitar Smarts episode, you said to me, but do you know who the second one was? Yeah. And I said, and I, and I guessed a bunch of artists yeah. and I was invariably true to form wrong on all of them. And you told me, I think that it was Ingui Malmstein who had the second one. That's and correct. then we had a whole, then we had a whole rant about scalloped fingerboards. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't- laughs>
0: I forgot about that. Yeah, we really did have a whole rant about scallop thing about, but you're absolutely correct. It is Ingve Ingve Malmsteen, the, uh, the, 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 the the Swedish Hurricane. Um, but what I was wrong about in that previous podcast is I said Eric Clapton's was the first and Ingve's was the second. They released them All at right. the same time. They were co-developed and they released two models at the same time, so they were both the first, really. Ingve and uh, right, old Dell. So well done. You are six out of seven. Still, still a valiant score. Thank good. you, mate. And, uh, and look to my
1: and, and testament to the fact that you've increased my knowledge over this <laughs> last year because I didn't realise in way, but uh, you you taught me that and I retained that. Right. Okay. Here, here we go, buddy. Um, right. I think you'll know this one because I think right. you're pr- I think you're pretty good on your guitar history questions. Right. Okay, question number seven. What company did Leo Fender sell Fender to in 1965? Oh. Or to ask it in a more grammatically correct way,
0: yeah.
1: uh, who bought Fender right, in 1965? Okay. Sorry, I, I really phrased that question poorly. Who, no, who no, bought no. Who bought Fender yeah. in 1960?
0: No, 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 no. I got it. So, right, yes, I think I know the answer. To this, this is, uh, it's because you hear a lot of people talk about certain vintage instruments being pre-CBS. Uh, yeah. So C- CBS, I'm assuming is the company. I don't know what CBS stands for though.
1: Okay. Uh, okay. So look, let me ask it because I've got, a, I've got a little bit of. So you're absolutely right, CBS. Cool. Right. So. Um, and I've put, I've wrote, I wrote down here, bonus point, can you tell me one difference between a pre-CBS and a CBS Strat?
0: Um, yes, I think I can. I think I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, number of, the number of bolts attaching the neck to the body. Did CBS Ooh. change it to three at one point in the 70s? Oh,
1: interesting. Interesting. I don't, I don't know. I, know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's wrong. But, but now go that on. you've said that, that's made me go. Oh, did they? Okay. But no, I, I don't know. I don't know if they did. Can Maybe I have another guess? Yeah.
0: Size of the headstock. Correct. Ah, oh, there we go. That's that's, that's you got the, the bigger that's the, '70s headstock, yeah. right?
1: Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly right. Exactly right. So look, you're going to get the point for this question, buddy, because you you, you you have you have got it right. So look. It was CBS, uh fully named the Columbia Broadcasting System. Ah, okay. Strange, strange name for a company, but the, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Uh, and they bought Fender from Leo Fender for the princely sum of $13 million in 1965. <clears throat> And yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, these weren't, these were regarded as, as quite mixed times for, for guitars produced in that era, right? Because you're, you're losing the heritage of the founder of the company, all his kind of design nuances. And then CBS started to monkey around with the design of this iconic strap that, you know, um, had, had been, had been locked in by then for quite a few years. So. They, they took hold of the company in 1965 and they only made one small change at first, as legend has it, which was they, um, put a new neck plate on the back where the, where the guitar bolts on, uh, to the neck. And they put on it a big, large, uh, stylized F logo. Now I'm trying to think if I've seen some of those scratch plate, those, um, neck plates that are Three screw rather than four screw, so something you said there kind of triggers in my brain. But I've definitely seen some of these CBS strats that have got mm. this big curly F on on that neck plate. So that's one of the the first things that they well, that is the first thing that CBS presumably did, which <clears throat> some people at Fender weren't weren't happy with. But the main thing, the main thing that they did um, was this larger headstock, and that's the way that you kind of you can you can see. Um, that CBS era, um, which is where the headstock was significantly larger, which a lot of people were really disgruntled yeah. about. It said it threw the instrument off balance, not just, not just visually, but also physically. Um, and then, you know, after CBS, um, you know, no longer owned the company. Um, actually you started to see strats being released with what they called then the modern headstock, which was actually the original size, smaller headstock. Yeah. And then some, some models, you know, um, with the bigger headstock. Cause I think Hendrix had a few CBS strats with bigger headstocks. So people yeah. still wanted, wanted bigger headstock strats cause Hendrix had one and, and stuff. So now you see guitars with small and large, uh, headstocks. Um, so you're absolutely right, buddy. Um, do you know, incidentally, the reason why that larger headstock existed?
0: I haven't a clue. Not the foggiest. Right.
1: So that was a deliberate move because the CBS, in their wisdom, decided that the branding on the Fender strap wasn't visible or prominent enough and they wanted more real estate uh, with which to display the Stratocaster logo and all of the the stuff that fits on the headstock. So they just said, can you make that headstock bigger so we can put bigger decals on it because you can't can't see them. So uh, that was that. That was that
0: That's cynical about that, isn't there? Something I don't like about that.
1: It's not a player focused. Um, it's a marketing focused yeah, uh, is, adjustment rather than yeah, a yeah. Uh, a player centric adjustment. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Good, buddy. Yeah, you nailed it. You you, you got it. You got it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, my
0: impeccable run continues. Anyway, um, <laughs> question number eight for Kieran. Right? Are yeah. you ready? Uh, you should get this one. I think. I okay. think. I don't know. Which guitarist played the devil in the guitar battle in the movie Crossroads?
1: Ah, uh, well, you say I should get this. I have never <laughs> seen the film Crossroads. And I'm a child of the 80s, so that's just yeah. ridiculous. And I'm a huge fan of the Karate Kid, and I watched the Karate Kid films religiously growing up. Yeah, and, yeah. and and the latest incarnation, Cobra Kai, by by which the... Oh, by the way, if you haven't watched Cobra Kai and you liked the original Karate Kid films, do yourself a favour. <laughs> really? Ah. Maybe you should
0: do that, maybe. Maybe I should Have, do that. I do like you, the Karate did Kid
1: Did you dance. like the original Karate Kid
0: films? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I
1: and you've red. not seen Cobra Kai I've on Netflix? I've seen Cobra Kai, no. dude. I'm about to give you the best gift ever. Or rather, or rather Netflix is. Seriously. Seriously. Lock yourself right. away. Lock yourself away. I don't know if Lucy is a fan of 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 uh, the original Karate Kid films. If she is, then oh, certainly then, not. But right. In, in, so, so, so this is one for you. This is this is this is a this is a self-indulgent moment for you, my friend. And yeah. and you will you will relive your youth. It is it's an amazing. absolute pleasure. Anyway, why do I say that? Well, because uh, so Mach- just, to,
0: just to say by the way you haven't yeah. given me a correct answer yet oh sorry
1: sorry Steve Vai Steve Vai Steve Vai sorry Steve Vai yeah Steve Vai plays the devil in uh, in, in, in the Crossroads Guitar Joel. Uh but Ralph Macchio plays the the young uh guitarist uh who i think it was rai kuda that did all the guitar work actually because ralph Macchio. i uh, think you're right apart yeah. you know ralph Macchio was far too busy being uh being a karate expert uh if uh 80s pop culture has taught me anything so yeah. you know uh so he, he he couldn't although his miming of guitar is quite phenomenal uh, i must say but it wasn't him it was rai kuda that did all of the um <clears throat> guitar work. Well, Ralph, I think Ralph that Raikuda
0: point that you've just made is is worthy of an additional point there. Because oh. that is super, um, super extra knowledge there. Because everyone's going to remember Steve Vai and everyone's going to remember Ralph Macchio's performance there as yeah. well in that yeah. duel that they have. But yeah. to point out that it was Raikuda playing the guitar for Ralph Macchio's parts is... yeah. yeah. Just, so, You've earned
1: back an additional point. M- there, I'm not sure I have. Shall I tell you the only reason I know that is because <laughs> of a former Guitar <laughs> Smarts podcast, uh, guest hero yeah. and, 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 and exceptional buddy of mine, Mr. Damien Lodrick, Good old who, Damian. uh, who again is a huge fan of the Karate Kid and, and still like berates me because I haven't seen Crossroads, the guitar <laughs> film, and, and he then waxed lyrical to the point of being red in the face at, you know, it's Steve Vai, it's Ry Cuda, it's Ralph Macho, it's everything that you love. How have you not seen this? So, the only <laughs> reason a, I know it is because… It's
0: everything you love.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I know this is because I've been berated so many times by Damo for not having seen this that, that he's, he's told me it's Raikuda. But I have watched that guitar battle on YouTube quite a lot. That that particular scene quite yeah. a lot, and it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Epic. It's pretty awesome. I need to watch that film. It's pretty awesome. Well, well yeah, done, mate. there you go. <laughs> me too. Me too. Well <laughs> we done. should wa- we d- should watch it with demo. <laughs>
0: yeah, we should, shouldn't we? <laughs> that, That's something we need to do. Um, but you are. I am giving you two points for that because that is worthy of a couple of points. So, wow, well, that's very kind. That You're does just bring a very you generous man. Back up to eight points after eight you're, questions. You're just
1: injecting some, uh, some, <laughs> some tension back into just, the quiz. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Take it down to the wire. <laughs> okay, mate. Right, question right. eight for you. Okay. Again, again, you're, I, I I'm sorry, mate. I think most of your questions are, in fact, guitar history. No, 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 it's fine. That's all questions. good. It's all good. But I think you do well with these. So <clears throat> I, think, I think you know the answer to this already. It's a linked question to my previous one around the, the, um, around the sell of, of Fender. Okay. But now this is related to, to Leo himself. Mm-hmm. So what company did Leo Fender start after he sold Fender to CBS?
0: Oh, see, this is a tough one because I'm pretty certain I know what company he went to, but I don't know if, it, if he started the company but I'm going to guess anyway. I think it was Music Man. It was
1: is that correct? Is that man. correct? It was. Right, okay. Because it was, it was,
0: was it Sterling Ball, who he started it with? Or I don't know, Ernie Ball, of course. It was Ernie Ball, wasn't it? Ernie
1: Ball I and actually don't know.
0: pretty certain Music Man was Leo Fender and Ernie Ball. Yeah. And they started yeah. Music Man because obviously Music Man is now owned by, and run by Sterling Ball, Ernie Ball's yeah. son, um, yeah. I think, but cool. So it was Music Man.
1: It was Music Man, which I, I didn't know. And I think you might have told me this before, but I'd definitely forgotten this one. But yeah, I was, su- I was surprised. Um, it was Music Man in 1971. Um, but he didn't stop there, uh, Mr. Mr. Leo Fender. He went on to found another company that uh, is still going to this day as his Music yeah. Man. Do you know which one that is? I think so. Yeah. It was GNL, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. So in G&L. 1979, he founded GNL. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that just makes sense when you look at some of the GNL guitars that are there and you go, actually, yeah. these are really great, great guitars, yeah. a lot based on Fender designs. But yeah. yeah, there you go.
0: Imagine how good Leo Fender's guitars would have been if he actually played guitar. <laughs> did you know did you know he didn't even
1: play guitar (laughs) I did yeah how crazy is that I know I know (laughs) I know it's interesting isn't it yeah
0: very interesting is that okay.
1: why we've ended up with very very useful easy guitars rather than things that have nonsense sub- subjectivity to it that that actually you know because if you Maybe if you have to play it, it if that. you ask to, do you know what i mean if you have a yeah. player to design it they'd stick yeah. all this random stuff on that they think is going to make a difference where actually you get an engineer to do it who just goes no, that doesn't make a difference. This makes a difference, and it's. That's a good point
0: in that. If you if you put if you good t- uh, somebody who's never seen a guitar before, and yeah. you put a Fender Strat next to a a Gibson arch top, you know, like an L five or something like that from the fifties, yeah. and say yeah. one of those is built by an instrument builder and one of them is designed by an engineer, there'd be no,
1: yeah,
0: they would be it'd be obvious, you know, which is engineer designed. I think,
1: yeah.
0: Oh, it seems me being an engineer, I feel like I would. Spot there. Um Anyway. I think you should get two
1: point I think you should get two points for that, but uh, as as do our guitar smarts listeners, I'm sure. Because you've okay. got Music Man and GNL, but well, there yeah, you go. Yeah. <laughs> hey hey, 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 hey. Okay. question number. Question, number, question nine. number
0: nine for you, Kieran. Right. I've yeah. got a couple of um Lou theory kind of theme questions oh. for you for the oh, last wow. two. Not that you should uh, not not well anyway, I guess let me crack on with them instead of fooling <laughs> around trying to explain. So question number nine, Kieran. Which famous Gibson Luthier was responsible for leading the team that designed and built the Gibson Les Paul and whose name was given tribute on a PRS model guitar?
1: Ah, the Ted McCarthy. Correct.
0: Well done. Ted McCarthy. Yeah.
1: Thanks, buddy. Uh, Very
0: famous Luthier.
1: Yeah. I thought I knew it, but then the PRS bit helped me out. That, yeah. That, 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 that sealed the deal. Um,
0: I didn't know you, until I didn't know until recently that he was a Gibson guy, actually, um, mm, mm. for so long. Because obviously, the first I heard of him was the fact that um, PRS had the McCarthy model, um, which is very clearly a tribute to the Les Paul, you know, yes. in so many ways. Um, but I didn't realize that then he, you know, I should have put two and two together. Didn't realize he was a formally mm. a Gibson guy.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, many of them there were. We go. Cool. So nine, right.
0: nine for nine so far, thanks to your double pointed answer in number ish. eight.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I got helped out a little bit. Yeah. Right, buddy. You're going to love this next question. All right, go on. Right. It's a very simple question Who played guitar on Michael Jackson's song Beat It? That's the biggest pause in guitar sports We almost had the emergency audio kick right. in there. I think I'm going
0: to get two points for this answer.
1: I think you I are think now. I, I can. So that wasn't a pause of, oh, sugar, I don't know so, the answer to yes. this. And that was a pause of bracing yourself because wisdom is about to spill forth. Go on, so,
0: then. Eddie Van Halen played the guitar solo. Correct, uh, but Steve Lukather Yay. was the session guitarist on yeah uh,
1: on that record, and he played all the rhythm guitar parts. Correct. Who played bass on that guitar? Oh, but who played bass on that guitar? Who played bass on that track? Steve Lukather. There you go, Steve Lukather. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I know. didn't know. I knew he did the rhythm uh, yeah. parts on it, and obviously everybody knows Eddie and his tapping shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, on the solo of it. But I didn't realise Lucafer also played the bass on that track. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that was just circumstantial. The story behind it mm. is, um, so back then when they, they were still running tape from recording studios and they were probably still on things like 12-track or maybe 24-track, mm. if you wanted yeah. to get more than 24 tracks recorded or, you know, more than the tape machine could do, you would link up multiple tape machines. And they would right. have a digital code called a sumpty code, which... Which basically made sure all the tape machines knew exactly where they were in a point in time, so you could link yeah. up multiple tapes and they'd all play back and record in time. And the story that um, that I've read so far in, in Steve Luther's book on on this is that somebody had actually cut that code that linked the tapes up, uh, and Quincy Jones didn't want to lose two things that were on one of the tapes. One of them was Michael Jackson's lead vocal and Eddie mm-hmm. Van Halen's first generation guitar solo, that guitar solo wow. that he did, and is still on the record is the first thing he recorded in the session. Uh, wow. It's the first take um, that no. knocking you hear. That sounds like a yeah, door. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Eddie Van Halen checking his guitars, checking working. He's tapping, his the, he's tapping the pickup. Yeah. Exactly. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. It's working. It's not meant to be. Part of the song, it sounds oh. like a door knock, and it fits the song yeah, perfectly. But it was it him does. just checking his guitars work
1: Oh, this is bang, this bang, is bang. a level of knowledge I was not <laughs> not ready for. This, this is yeah. taking it so much deeper. This is brilliant. So, yeah. so
0: the so they they accidentally make this mistake of cutting the chord that lines the tape up, and they have to to save those two parts. They have to re-record the rest of the rhythm track, but it's not right. it's not synced up with the rest of the tape. Um, Jeff Piccaro's playing drums on that. Yeah. And he notices that the whole time Michael Jackson's doing his, um, doing his singing take, when he's not singing, he's banging two and four on a drum case just to kind of keep rhythm. And you can hear it in the microphone. So Jeff Piccaro records a click track with his drumsticks based off Michael Jackson's hitting two oh, and no four. Way. And they record a new click track that they use to then resync the tape and re-record some of the parts. That's an incredible story actually. That's a think. ridiculously that, cool story. That entire story. take of that song, the song that went on to be beaten that you hear, yeah. it was rescued from almost being lost by
1: Jeff Piccaro By Toto. By, to- Jeff- by, by to- to- <laughs> Toto. Toto basically.
0: <laughs> yeah, Toto basically saved that record. They based oh, Steve Lugather and, and Jeff Piccaro and Steve Luke for then re recorded the best guitar part that was lost on one of the tapes. And wow. Yeah, wow. so Incredible story.
1: i I felt I, I felt I might have a chance at throwing you on on who played bass <laughs> on that. But I was not prepared for that level of and depth of answer. So one one million points to Matthew Oliver on question oh, number yeah. nine. Thank you. <laughs> just for relaying a story that just gave me goosebumps, just listening to it, just imagining that whole oh, scenario and, and and then Toto saving the day. It's just that's just beautiful. That's given me chills.
0: It's it's a great story. And and actually there's a couple of good videos on YouTube as well of, of um, Steve Lukather explaining that story. Right, right. Uh, so I really recommend go out there and Definitely. find videos
1: of the story of Steve Lukather explaining Is that in the book as well? Because I know you're reading the Yes, re- yes and, oh, absolutely. Gonna, yes, gonna, in gonna, the book as well. I'm going to so, I'm gonna have to read that. Great story. Wonderful, mate. Okay, we are on to the last questions.
0: Less questions. Okay, number 10, question for you, Kieran, and you should get this one. Okay. What was the name of the revolutionary locking tremolo system that gained popularity in the 1980s through its use by guitarists such as Eddie Van Halen, mm-hmm. Neil Sean of Journey, and Steve Vai? I hate setting up Floyd Rose;
1: <laughs> <laughs> It takes forever. But uh, they are very good. Once you've balanced them and set them up, they work beautifully. But yeah. oh, the back and forth when you're setting them up on a guitar, it's just... Frustrating, but they it's are okay. very cool. In- yeah, they're a very cool invention. They're a very cool invention,
0: very cool invention indeed. Invented by, of course, Mr. Floyd Rose.
1: Mr. Floyd Rose, yeah, cool,
0: Floyd Rose Tremolo system. So, there you go. My first electric guitar, a Charvette, that was actually picked out by uh, my guitar teacher in a guitar shop in Manchester. When me and my dad went with him to choose my first electric guitar mm. um, from a, an old acoustic that is still at my mom and dad's house, it was a, a it was a Chauvel, Chervette, so like a cheaper Chauvel in red and black crackle with a Floyd Rose tremolo. That's cool. It was a great guitar. I have an eBay saved search for Chervette guitars, and I have for about the last seven years. And, uh, and if that exact model of guitar, yeah. that same finish, comes up, I'm getting it. You have to get I, it. I, I, saw- I miss that guitar.
1: Oh, man. So that finish, is, it, it doesn't come up? Does the, does the model come up on eBay? Some of there's a
0: one or two Charvettes, not the model I I used to have. Um, It might take years, but I will get that guitar again for sure.
1: Guitar smarts, audience, please help Matthew Oliver be reunited (laughs) with with said guitar. What is it? A Charvel Charvette?
0: Yes, Charvel Charvette. And what was the name
1: of the finish? uh,
0: It was like a red and black crackle. So it was like red, but it looked like it had black cracks all over it. It was very metal, very metal
1: It sounds very Eddie Van Halen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was really. It was. It was a shred machine. It had a pointy headstock and everything. Oh wow, man! It was a great guitar. I loved awesome. it. Awesome. I miss it. Awesome. But well done, Kieran. So well, you thank were, you, the, mate. You were there but at the end of your your you end of your journey of questions. I think we I got, had got one there. Left.
1: I think you've been very kind. I think you've been very kind. I feel I've been very cruel with my last question. So <laughs> for, for, forgive me. Forgive me. But, you know, to be honest, after the after the answer that you gave to qu- your question number 9, you've you've won the <laughs> quiz anyway by by a million uh, by an, a million points. So your last question only, and and I kind of had to google this as I wrote it because I didn't know the answer to this um, okay. uh, at all, but I was intrigued to know what 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 the answer was. So what is currently the world's most expensive guitar and uh bonus points for for um if you if you know who owns it. But that's just an aside. What is the world's most expensive guitar? Oh. Um
0: well as in um, not not the most expensive production guitar
1: no sorry I should clarify no, 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 it's, okay. So, it's okay yeah so like we talked about um, Blackie selling guitar. Like 2000 ah, right, okay. for, for so a, so a single millions. guitar that belonged to someone and, and okay right that has gone on sale and been paid a ludicrous sum of money for so what's what is on record as being the highest uh, amount paid for a guitar and what guitar is that
0: wow so Clapton's Blackie obviously brought
1: the record, but that was way back in the early two thousands. It was, two thousand four. <laughs> so uh, this one this one sold in two thousand and fifteen, if that if that helps.
0: Okay. I I really don't know the answer to this, Kieran, but I'm going to guess at um is it a Hendrix Monterey Strat or something oh, like that?
1: That would have been a good guess. That would have been a very good guess, mate, because okay. that is in that is in the top ten. Oh, is it really? Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, but but the, but this the, but it's not the one. The world's the title of the most expensive guitar in the world, and I didn't know this. And actually, mate, I hadn't even heard of this guitar until I googled this question uh, earlier today yeah. when writing this quiz. But. Uh, the guitar was as a result of, um, Brian Adams, uh, looking to raise money in a project called Reach Out to Asia as a result of the, um, 2004, um, Tsunami. earthquake and tsunamis. Oh, yeah. Um, so it, it sadly killed, you know, in excess yeah. of 200,000 people uh, across 14 countries. So, a bunch of rock stars got together and do what they do best, which is let's raise some money for charity and and, and help people. So
0: yeah.
1: Brian Adams uh, um, spearheaded this. So that was the only the reason I thought you might get it because I know you're a, a Brian Adams fan. So he he got together a guitar uh, with Fender and it was a, and it's a Strat. It's a fairly you know run of the mill yeah. looking Strat. It's a white Strat, but it does have a kind of um, very unusual, almost charcoal colored headstock and neck to it, which looks quite cool. But he got that guitar signed by pretty much every single artist that you can think of that is associated with the guitar. So there's 19 artists, um, signatures on this guitar, ranging from Jimmy Page, Jagger, Clapton, Keith Richards, Brian May, Gilmore signed it, Jeff Beck signed it, uh, Gallagher signed it uh angus young uh brian adams obviously the list goes on so you know this guitar Mm. has got all the great and the good uh rock gods of guitar signature on it and it sold in 2015 for 2.7 million uh sold at sotheby's making it the most expensive guitar sold in history and it was sold uh off uh to uh uh the qatar uh, royal family uh, uh and, and a particular part of that family that um specializes in uh antiquities and art so it's, wow. uh, it's in the middle east uh that's a lot of money for a strap well not well, if not, you're part of the, not if you're part of the qatar royal family that's probably uh, no, be, that's, true. Uh, that's probably yeah. just like you know a Sunday dinner, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah it's like buying a Burger King or something. I don't know, as in, as in, like a burger, not like a franchise. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I say, yeah. Wow. Well, that's. I didn't know that. I didn't. I. That's. That's. I didn't, a, I didn't an know
1: that. I didn't know that. To have done. I didn't know that. So there you go. There's, there's, there's the first guitar smarts pub quiz. A- yeah, actually, mate, actually, mate, I, I don't think we did too badly considering we, we had no prior well. knowledge of these questions. This is all yeah. just based on what we know. We, we helped each together. other out. We've thrown yeah. it together. We've helped each other out along the way. I think, I think I'm going to, I'm going to definitely claim you as the, uh, or, or, or appoint you as the official winner of, 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 this one with your encyclopedic knowledge and, and particularly that story about how Toto saved that track. That's, um, I'm, I'm going to go and listen to Luca talking about that today. That sounds cool. So, well done, buddy. <laughs> I, think, I think we're all winners today. I think everyone's a winner today, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any losers today. Uh, the yep. educational content is high today. Very Exactly.
0: High. Exactly. If you're learning, you're not losing.
1: That's what I always say. <laughs>
0: brilliant well there we go buddy plans for the week
1: plans for the week is uh start learning the set list of a of a new uh function band that i'm going to be depping for this year um and just start to get to grips with some of those songs so i might call you up when i get stuck because uh i know these are songs that you know and um yeah Yeah, so if if, if i text you <clears throat> uh, about learning some songs, that'll be what that is. So yeah, I've got to get my head around that. And apart from that, yeah, man, it's just uh, the ever the ever yearning quest to acquire more guitars and <laughs> learn to be a better player will continue into twenty twenty two.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that will always be the same. And uh, same for me. I've got a, well, I've got a gig tomorrow actually. Oh, so, brilliant! Um, Saturday the twenty second of Jan. So. Oh, great. Um, I've got a gig uh, first gig of the year just just with some mates for a 60th birthday party somewhere oh, so uh, looking forward to playing that looking forward to getting the Helix out and oh, nice. just uh, checking my patches tonight and a bit of practice and, uh, and oh.
1: then yeah Oh I have a brilliant gig mate I didn't yeah. realise you had a gig uh, tomorrow oh that sounds that sounds fantastic and the Helix the Helix gets to, 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 to you know, get the John. end up and get out there yeah brilliant fantastic <laughs> good stuff have a buddy. great gig
0: well have a cracking weekend, mate. Have a good week. Looking forward to next week's chat and uh, take care of yourself.
1: Till then. Always. Cheers, buddy. Take
0: care. All the best, mate. Bye-bye. Thanks, as always, for listening to this week's episode of the Guitar Smarts podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and maybe you learned something too. Tell us what you think on our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram and we'll see you for more Guitar Smarts next week. Bye-bye.